13 of the new Outriders podcast. I am your host, Taliland. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Lady Roxanne and Lord Lassarian. How are you guys doing this week? I'm doing great. How are you, Taylor? I am exhausted. I know you are. Hail N-O-R. Whoa. Someone's punchy tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Nope, no guests tonight. We're flying solo. Yep. Uh, we decided we don't like any of you, and we're just doing it ourselves. No, that's not what happened. Um, coming up this weekend is actually the Neverwinter Glue event, which is obviously the fastest turnaround we've ever had on a glue since Neverwinter is till is still technically only a soft launch, and it's only been out for seven days. Um, have you guys gotten a chance to play it so far? Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, just the familiar setting and the places and names brings me back to Neverwinter Nights back in what, 97, 98 with yeah. Nor. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, Ziff downloaded it last night. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's my loving husband. And um, he's, we'll probably play it tonight after the podcast. I have played it as well. In fact, I got uh, early access that uh, Saturday before the 30th. I guess that was the 27th that was the first day for early access. And got in there eventually with uh, Tundra and Gil. We ran it around, did a couple of quests. It was a good time. But I really am enjoying the Foundry. I know we'll, we'll talk about that later, but the Foundry is, is quite the thing. So I've, I've been playing as well. Um, not a whole lot. I've spent more time in the Foundry than I think I have in the game. Yeah. Um, just first learning the ins and outs, and now I'm probably halfway through my first quest being complete. Um, but as far as the game goes, I've gotten a, a Guardian Fighter to 16, and I have a Control Wizard that's probably half that. The Wizard hasn't done a whole lot so far. Um, and I have not done basically any group content. I grouped with, I want to say Malkion and Scourge. It might have been Mezzeval and Scourge. Um, those M's always confuse me for like one quest, but that's all. Oh, not Mez. Mez is still having trouble getting it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, well, then it would have been Malkion. So yeah, for about you know one quest, and then I was, and then I was done for the night. I had to go take care of the the baby. But um, as far as the glue goes, you know what have you guys seen in the game that we can do together? Is the group cap five? Are we going to be able to run stuff together? Oh, you know, that's a good question. I'm not sure what the group cap is. I think it is five. Yeah, I think it is five. Um, it's great. I mean, the grouping mechanisms, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I've grouped for a long time with a new recruit by the name of Squirt. And, um, you know, it was fun. I mean, I'm just shocked at how much fun it is because I, I totally didn't expect it. How are you liking the combat since it's a little more action-oriented than... Especially, definitely more action-oriented than WoW, Star Wars, and Rift. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I've only played a rogue, so I don't know how playing a caster would be or a healer. Um, but I want to try one of those as my next character. But I've got a 
trickster rogue. She's level almost eleven, level twelve. So, um, yeah, I love it. I really do. Well, the UI and the, and the grouping features are a lot like uh, a lot like DDO tell. So, if you are a a veteran of, of DDO or a fan of DDO, uh, you're going to find yourself, I think, perfectly at home. Excuse me, on Neverwinter. Yeah, like when I first got in, I basically I said basically this is DDO with much better graphics. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't yeah. quite it doesn't quite beat you over the head with pen and paper D and D Arcania quite as much as DDO does. Um, DDO is very very heavy in the in the pen and paper stuff that doesn't always necessarily work great in a video game setting. Well, see, I miss that, though. Um, That's the one thing I don't like about it, is it's not more um, D&D intensive, I guess you could say. This is like a D&D light. Well, to be fair, you're only level 12, so you haven't even unlocked all your, your buttons yet. Yeah, and the game's four hours old. I mean, we're still, like, peeking over the gun wheels here. I'm pretty sure they're going to be adding content on a regular basis. So now let's let's move on from there to the Foundry. I've spent a lot of time in there. Lass has spent a lot of time in there. Um, oh, yeah. And I have not, so this is totally new for me. If you're a fan of, of single-player games, like the single-player Neverwinter games or, like, Oblivion and Skyrim, the, the Foundry's not that deep an editor. Um, but... It is a very, very deep editor, especially considering that you know this is a this is a company cryptic who made an editor for Champions Online to make your own adventures and Star Trek Online, and Foundry is their next generation of that for Neverwinter. That's it's even better. Um, what have you been primarily playing around with in there, Les? Well, I've been experimenting quite a bit with uh, the map transitions for one, uh, trying to get the players to follow sort of the quest trail, you know, into an outdoor, from an outdoor map to an indoor map, back to the outdoor map, back to an indoor map, that kind of thing. Uh, and also quite a bit with um, with the NPC mechanics as far as the quest texts uh, are concerned and, and how do you follow them and how do you create the story chain and how do you link them together so that you don't end up with dead ends and that sort of thing. And uh, I also uh, was tinkering around a little bit with the, uh, Quest-related items. So, you know, one of the NPCs gives you an item that you need for later in the quest, and how to you can actually make your own and name them and give it an icon and do all that stuff. Yeah, that the the items is the one thing I haven't I haven't really worked with yet. One of the things that I played with for quite a bit. Um, I'm not going to use it in the current adventure I'm working on, but I played with it quite a bit. Was swapping between an NPC and an encounter. You can make friendly and enemy encounters. Um, an NPC won't fight. Um, They'll cower and hide. Um, But in an encounter, you can make a friendly encounter, and if it's in range of an enemy one, it will fight along with you. Um, So I spent a long time just making this chain where, like, behind the user, as they completed certain actions, uh, the NPC that was following you would swap between an NPC and an encounter, so that when you got attacked, it fought with you. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. It's a lot of flipping back and forth. 
Um, and then a lot of copying and pasting, because each one is a separate instance of the NPC, and each one is a separate encounter that you have to spawn. Oh, okay, right. So it gets it gets kind of tedious over time, but if you need it in the short stretches, now I've, I've sort of figured out how to do that. Um, in the current adventure I'm working on, I actually maxed out the amount of stuff I can put in a zone. Wow, I'm not even close. It's, it's 1,500 objects you can put in a map. Not including characters. That's just the, the decoration type item. Right. Yeah, I've filled a, a filled a map, um, sort of strategically. It's it's a little little cluttered, but I, I like how it turned out so far. Um, and now mine is far more esoteric than that. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm yeah. just experimenting. I think at this point. I was experimenting, and then I decided I wanted to do something, and then I decided I wanted to do something else. So now I have. Um, What's going to end up being a two-map adventure? Um, you'll, you know, you'll start in Neverwinter and talk to whatever NPC you need to talk to to get the quest, um, and then you'll do an outdoor zone and then an indoor zone um, from there. Um, but you know, I'm gonna—I'm about halfway through with it so far. I hope to have it finished before the glue is done, so that I can have just a bunch of Nor people go through it. All right. Cool. In, the, in the early days of it being published, and then. Based on their feedback, I can pull it down, refine it, and then put it up for reels later. Um, so, in that end, I'm actually going to play through a bunch of Foundry missions in the next couple days, so I can some of the higher rated ones, so I can see what people are doing. Oh yeah, I was going to do that as well. Yeah, I just I did actually sort of a, a recreation of the uh, starting screen for Shadow of Euserbius, you know, the map with the volcano and the guild hall and the tavern, and most of it's just it's all. It's all guild lore and stuff, and the NPCs are all former members of the of the guild as well. That really is just something to, you know, for newbies to kind of you know run through for the giggle factor. Um, so no heavyweight encounters or anything like that quite yet, but I, I, I haven't gotten so, to that point yet. That's something that Rollis brought up on the forum is he would like to do, I guess, a, a history of Nor and an introduction to Nor series of foundry missions. That's kind of what it is. That's, that's basically what mine is, is it almost an introduction to the guild. So then we could, can you know, I, do those for other branches. Jump in, Roxy. Yeah, can I make a suggestion on that? Like, you had said, and this is your baby, Lass, and I know it's going to be fabulous, but it starts in the tavern, is that what you're saying? And you can see different, um, or interact with different uh, members, nor yes. legends. Okay. Yes. Are you going to have any, like... Uh, sparring battles going on between Mercs and Nor. Well, I hadn't really thought of that. That's not a bad idea, though. That would be fun, you know, because right now, that was a, a large part of, of the group. Sorry, go ahead. What were you saying, Rox? I couldn't hear you. No, I said because that's part of what, uh, that's a big part of what made Noir so much fun and and different because uh, we tended to take up for our own, you know. Yeah, I'm not sure how I fit that into my little storyline, but I'll, I'll I'll see what I can do. I mean, I, I think the idea is, is not to it can't it can't drag out too long. Like you know, it can't be this sort of lengthy, tedious, ponderous where you're reading pages no. and pages of you know. No, 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 no. I was thinking maybe you could have, and I don't know if it's possible to do this, but two NPCs, which would be like maybe a Nor member and a, another guild member, just talking to each other, talking crap. Can you do that? I'm not sure. I'll have to look into it. Like, I, can, I can have NPCs there that you can react with or not react with. And I'm not sure about having NPCs that are just having sort of running, looping conversations. Maybe tell them. Right. Yeah, I haven't seen how to do that yet, how to make 
Like, you know, you run by somebody and you hear their conversation with each other. I haven't I haven't seen anything to do that yet. Oh, okay. But I'm still looking. It's a very robust system if you get a little creative. Um, I posted a couple things on the forum. One is a workaround for a bug that drove Lass and I crazy for several days. Oh, my God. Um, so if, you're, if your foundry locks up when you drag a new item onto your map, just hit Control-S to force a save, and it'll free your mouse and unlock. Um, the other one I posted is boss fights. Right now in the foundry for making your adventures, you can't actually make boss fights the way they do in their quests. Um, there are four types of enemies in any encounter. There's minions, standards, elites, and solos. Uh, minions are super wimpy. Standards are your typical monster. Elites are roughly the strength of two standard enemies, and solos are the strength of five standard enemies. Um, there's six monster types in the encounters that are listed as solo strength enemies. So those are the ones you would use as basically your boss fights. Um, and I listed those out on the forum. You can swap out the art to whatever you want. Um, just be aware that when you swap out the art, the sounds don't always change. Um, I had an encounter on mine. The encounter I wanted was a mage, um, an elite mage with three minions around it. And the only one of those I could find was um, anybody who's played the, the early part of the quests in the game knows that you have to retrieve the, the crown of Neverwinter very early on um, from the Nasher rebels. One of their encounters, um, the Hexer mage with three minions, I used that and I turned them all into orcs. Well, they look like orcs and they act like orcs, but the audio they use is actually that of the National Rebels, so it completely <laughs> does not work. Um, yeah, so like when you engage them in combat, they shout about how they want to, you know, dethrone Lord Never Ember and all that. So I had to change that one. So just be aware of that when you do your testing on your your foundry item. Well, I have a quick question. Sure. For both of you. Um, how easy or difficult is the foundry? Like if you're just an average player like myself, how difficult would it be to get into that? That depends on what your bar for quality is, I guess. Because um, it's not hard to use. Once you once you understand the rules of how stuff is done, it's not hard to use at all. Um, setting up conversations, you know, transitioning from map to map. Once you figure all that out, that's just nuts and bolts, and then you just... You don't have to come up with your quest. Um, it's time-consuming, but it's not hard. Okay. Well, that's good. Maybe I'll um, take a look at it myself. Um, and I know what you mean by the quality because I've done a couple that were awful. I mean, th- it was just terrible. It was so wordy that, I mean, you lose interest in it. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, just pages and pages of stuff you have to read. Yeah, once you get the hang of kind of the systems and, and how it needs to work, um, I've been doing mostly a lot of trial and error. I've only looked up a couple of <coughs> things that really stumped me. Once you kind of get the hang of it, really, it's just a matter of doing things in the order you need to do them and getting everything to function the way you're hoping that they do. Yeah, the thing that threw me off for quite a while is that when it comes to quest objectives, there's no or logic, there's only and logic. So you can write a quest where you have to do this and this, and it'll go to the next step, but you can't write a quest where you have to do this or this, and it will go to the next step. Um, That took a while for me to to figure out that or logic does not exist in the foundry. Also, there's no dragons. What? I don't know how they can make a a Dungeons & Dragons adventure 
designer without actually having dragons in it. Oh my god, because there'd be it'd be all dragons all the time. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with that. It'd be like playing Skyrim. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's the foundry. Um, that's where Lass and I are going to be until you know the next game comes out. <laughs> well, I can't. Yeah, well, I can't wait to see uh, what you guys come up with, and uh, maybe Zip and I can give the the quest uh, the Albadora tree. Again. Oh, that's right. I got to put that quest in there. That's right. Well, you don't have to. Maybe we can do a separate one for that. Oh no, you're you're right. I should at least have maybe some sort of mention of it in there. Moving on from the foundry, um, I want to talk about I guess Nor's first successful Kickstarter backing. Yeah, that's, that's how you'd describe it. Um, that is it. Camelot Unchained, uh, the new Outriders as a guild, uh, backed it for six hundred dollars, and I know several members backed it um, separately from the guild pledge as well. Uh, myself and Scourge did. I know somebody else did. I did not recognize their name in Neverwinter, though. Um, and I forgot who it was again anyway. But $600, we managed in the course of 10 days to solicit enough people to get to the $600 goal, and then everybody actually submitted their funds to the Norbank account. And then the Norbank account submitted them to Kickstarter. So, yay us, um... Yep. Thank yous to Lelenia, Rollis, Vashile, Lakasha, Zippin, and Roxy uh, for contributing and our one anonymous donor. Yay! Blank! Yep, that was cool. You know, thank you to everybody who did that. Um, there are ten copies of Camelot Unchained that will belong to Noor in, you know, the two years it takes the game to get made. Um, everybody who has a Noor copy is invited to beta one of the game. Um, plus, we have a bunch of other copies that we can give to beta. Uh, there's four copies that are currently unspoken for. I guess it's up to the nonprofit to decide how those will be distributed. Um, and given that it's so far away and that the Kickstarter just made, I'm going to assume you guys haven't talked about that yet. No, not at all. And, and really, I'm, I'm leaning towards, I don't know, having some sort of a lottery well, I or have, yeah, something like I that. Have, I don't want to just appoint people to get these things. I would like to have a contest or two. For the podcast and the newsletter, like, um, you know, like a character fiction writing contest or something, where one of the copies is, or one of the prizes is a copy of the game. Yeah. Um, honestly, I would like to sell a couple. Oh, really? You donate to Nor, you get a copy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. That way. Um, you know, it's for, still for members, but, you know, there's other things that we want to accomplish as a guild. And, you know, we have four copies, I think, that. I don't know. I think somebody would donate to Nora for a copy of Camelot Unchained. I think they might. For don't forget about. either that your your every single copy that we have, all ten of them, comes with four beta invites. So the whole guild gets to join the beta. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a whole duchy right there. That's yes. that's all you need. All in one fell swoop. Yes, that is that is fantastic. Um. I'm just, I'm actually a little surprised that we actually got a guild donation finished in that little amount of time. Um, had the, the tiers been announced before the Kickstarter started, which would have been weird because Kickstarters don't do that, um, we would have known ahead of time and we would have had a little more time and we probably could have got to like the $1,200 tier, which is 20 copies and has a little yeah. more benefits and stuff like that. But um, I'm actually pretty proud of what we did to get to the 600 uh, I Oh. Yes. 
I am too. Yay for us. Now, there's a, a follow-up for the podcast for uh, for the Kickstarter campaign, right, Tell. Yes. Um, I talked to Mark Jacobs over email, and he is um, going to come on and do a follow-up interview with us. He's currently on vacation. After the Kickstarter ended, they all took a couple days off over there at City State because oh, yeah. they worked long hours and... Um, for anybody who was following along, as the Kickstarter campaign came to an end, they started live streaming their office. And Mark, two of his programmers, and one of their artists um, came in at you know regular 8 a.m., 9 a.m., whatever it was that morning. And they were there until the next morning at about 10 a.m. Eastern time. Um, I was actually watching at night, and then you know I went to bed and came back the next morning, and they were still on. Uh, those four. <laughs> And then when the next shift came in the next day, they all went off and went home. So, um, you know, he worked a, a 24-hour shift that day, you know, and was on the Internet the whole time. So you could see what he was doing. That was a little weird. But, you know, then they, you know, they ended the Kickstarter. So, yeah, he said that he'd come back on. We just have to figure out a time. Um, it had to be after the Kickstarter was over because during the Kickstarter, he was just inundated with media. Oh, yeah. I mean, he had interviews all over the Internet. And I'm sure he'll have a lot more now that they've funded. But um, he, did say, he did say he'd come back, so we're gonna happy to have him. Um, I'm not sure what direction the, the conversation will go. So if you guys have any feedback on stuff you'd like to hear about, um, leave it in the comments and we'll see what we can work in. They did so much during the Kickstarter talking about actual gameplay concepts that I don't want to get into that topic too much just because um, there are literally volumes of reading material about Camelot Unchained at this point and you know what various gameplay concepts will be for the game so um, if you have any questions that we should ask Mark leave them in the comments and we'll go ahead and we'll work them in well I am have him come back yeah yeah I think I have a crush on him <laughs> I have a gamer crush and yeah, there's, there's a question I have to ask after our interview last time, because he's got that thick New York accent. Um, to me, it sticks out like a sore thumb, but he's lived in Virginia for a long time now, so I'm going to have to figure out why that is. He has New York accent? Yeah, it sticks out. <laughs> to me, it sticks out worse than Roxy's accent. He just sounds like a Yankee. Well, that explains that. Okay, then. Uh, but he's cute. <laughs> And I guess, uh, I shouldn't guess, I'm the one who posted the damn thing. Um, starting another fundraiser for the guild. Um, this one's not for a Kickstarter, but one of the next goals of the nonprofit is to secure the trademark on the new Outrider's name. Um, the nonprofit is registered, and, you know, so we do own the new Outrider's name, but filing it with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office would give us a lot of legal protections. Um, there have been cases in the past, and you can see some of them if you go troll through the old forums, where somebody grabbed the guild name for us, I'm making air quotes here, and then offered to give it to us, you know, when we have our branch ready to go, for something. And Fact-bailed yeah. us, in short, yes. is what you're saying. Yes. Despicable. Yes, it's despicable and horrible and wrong. Um, so, we don't want that to happen anymore. Um, one of the things I noticed on the the Kickstarter for Camelot Unchained, actually, is, you know, there was a lot of tiers that offered you a reserved guild name unless that copyright or trademark belonged to someone else. There you um, go. 
we want to have a trademark on our own name so nobody else can use it. Under that banner head of trademark are, are things that we commonly use in our guild, such as you know names, titles, verbiage, the logo, even the Hail NOR, which is uniquely ours, all goes under that, that trademark banner head. Yep, so uh, I believe the filing for that is $300. Um, unlike the Kickstarter, we don't have a 10-day deadline on this, so this is going to stay up as long as it needs to be up, but anybody who can contribute to that, we get our... Uh, to have the, the ownership of its own name, that would be that would be great. Um, there's a post on the forum, and the PayPal button is on the bottom of all the pages on the website and on the bottom of the portal page for the forum. That's right. Yay. Well, I, for one, am definitely going to donate for this. Um, as y'all have stated, this is very important. Um, this guild has already lasted you know, over 20 years, and we've got a long way to go. So, you know, donate $10, $5, whatever you can. Anything you can will will really help towards that. Buy some T-shirts. Buy some T-shirts. You know, anything, yeah. anything else from the store, that would help. Anything too. but a knitted hat. <laughs> Are those not ready yet? <laughs> She's still in alpha on the, on the hats. Oh, okay. Yes, it's still an alpha. Sorry. You know, what, give it a couple of weeks, she'll be in paid beta, so we can pre-order yeah. our knitted hats. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, will we? <laughs> yes. Um, definitely by the fall, I'll have some knitted up, because what I want to do, I'm not quite sure how to do, so i got to figure out what I'm doing. Does that make sense? You don't know how to make the hats. No, I do, but I, I don't want them just to be a plain color. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'd like to put, you know, maybe Hail Nor around the bottom of the hat. Oh, I see. You're getting getting fancy, are you? Well, why not? So we deserve it. When you get too fancy, that's when projects fall apart. Um, that's what I've learned with... You know the Foundry and every other game editor I've ever tried to use. When I when I try to do too much, that's when it goes bad. You know, Rox, we could uh, you could knit your hats and we could put patches on them. Oh, that's a great idea. There, How much would that cost? Wouldn't have to figure. It. Well, the patches I can, we can get relatively inexpensively. Okay, cool. Well, I'll get to knitting. There you go. And I have the pat the artwork for the patches all set to go. Can you email me that? They're on the, they're on the store. Oh you oh you mean the patches that are up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my bad. I can email you the artwork for it if you want. Never mind. <laughs> I just didn't realize that. I thought you were gonna do something special, you know. Oh well we could. I was thinking if you could find something on there that you could use and we could use that. If not then we'll we can do something else. I'd like to use a unicorn. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, we are. Why not? We could have blue ones with that nasty griffin. And then we could have pink ones with unicorns. Tyler, move us along here, will you? Moving uh-huh. on to news from the realms. Uh, <laughs> EverQuest 2 Game Update 66 is, a lo- is live. Uh, Scars of the Awakened. Uh, fight your way into the Cobalt Scar Zone and take on the Siren's Grotto Dungeon. Um, I posted a preview of the Siren's Grotto Dungeon on the forums a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's a little walkthrough behind the scenes with Sony, so go check that out. 
Star Wars The Old Republic, update 2.1, Cathar customization is now in testing. Um, it includes a bunch of customization options, like the ability, the ability to redo your character's looks, uh, their race, as well species, all that fun stuff. It's got armor dies. And finally, the Cathar race that they promised early last summer is actually coming into the game. So that'll be there for anybody that wanted it. Uh, Neverwinter is no longer a future game. It's now a real boy. Um, it's out and alive. I believe there are only, like, four actual members of the branch. <laughs> Everybody else is technically a visitor based on Nor's nomenclature, but... Yeah, I think so. I'm a member, Vashile's a member, and I think Gillen is a member. Yeah. I'm a member of all games. Yeah. <laughs> it's something we're going to have to consider on the roster. Where did you Yes. Belong? Yeah, we actually we just talked about this at the AC meeting, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guild Wars 2, the fourth installment of Flame and Frost, is live now. It includes the new dungeon, the Molten Weapon Facility, and the requisite changes to World vs. World and uh, Structured PvP. And new on Rift, uh, particularly if you're a Raptor user, or if you'd like to be, uh, there's a chance to get some loot for using the Raptor program. Um, you use that Raptor app while you're playing Rift between, uh, I guess we're a little late here, April 23rd, uh, and June 11th, so plenty of time, uh, and you can get a uh, free copy of the Storm Legion expansion, I suppose that it assumes if you don't have it already, uh, as well as in-game items like a set of shoulders uh, or a helmet, as well as a special Raptor companion pet, which was designed, I think, to to mimic the, the Raptor logo. Uh, I've never used Raptor. Tal just told me tonight that he did, so maybe you could, you could tell us a little bit how the Raptor works before I, I talk about the, the Defiance bit here. Yeah, Raptor is sort of a social network for gamers. Um, you can tie it into your Steam account on PC. You can tie it into your Xbox and PSN accounts. Um, you can actually tie your Blizzard account to it. And what it does, it's just a piece of software that runs on your desktop. Whenever you play a game, it tracks how long you played and what game it is, and it will rank you against your friends. Um, and it's got you know different tiers. You can be a newbie... Um, up through, like, dedicated experience than Elite. Um, very few people get the... Like, the Elite is, like, the top 2% of people playing any game get to be the Elite rank. And the various different software companies and publishing companies, not all of them, but a decent cross-section, um, give you rewards for playing their games um, and having it tracked on Raptor and hitting certain ranks. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers early on in one of the early podcasts, Roxy mentioned that I gave her a copy of Rift um, for free that came with 30 Days of Game Time. I got that from Raptor. Oh, okay. Wow. Several of the other games that I gave away on the forum when I got game codes came from Raptor. Um, I got, you know, Blizzard gave me some uh, customization items for my Xbox avatar, like Horde and Alliance t-shirts and stuff. Um, so it just it tracks how long you played. At the end of the week, it actually gives you a summary of what how many game what games you played that week and for how long. So if you had like a super busy gaming week, it will tell you that you wasted you know seventy two hours of your life playing games that week. Um, at the end of the year, it totals them all up. Tells oh you God. tells you what game you played the most for the year. Um, how many you know days you spent gaming? Like I know for two thousand twelve, uh, three hundred sixty six day year because of the leap day. Um, I actually spent 41 full days playing video games. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> because of Raptor. Um, 
That's all? It, it'll tell you... Yeah, that, that's a lot. It'll tell you, like, um, if one of your Xbox Live friends or PSN friends is online, it'll show you that they're online because it's tied in with your account and what game they're playing. If one of your Steam friends is online and playing a game, you'll be able to see that. And then you can chat with them through Raptor as well. So Okay. That was kind of what I imagined it would be. Yep. Uh, most of the rewards they have in there are for... Um, Actually, there's a lot in there for free-to-play MMOs. Um, I don't believe the Old Republic has had anything on there yet, but free-to-play MMOs have a lot of stuff on Raptor, so, you know, we like free-to-play MMOs and more, so you'll find some stuff. And Rift has been doing stuff with Raptor for a solid year now. Um, I've gotten, I've got, like you mentioned, helmets and shoulders. I've gotten helmets from Raptor for Rift, and I, and I barely play Rift, and I unlocked them. Wow, okay. All right, well, that's that's the, the lowdown on Raptor and Rift. Uh, the last bit for Rift is um, a uh, MMO crossover event <clears throat> between the newly released uh, title Defiance uh, and on the game Rift. Now the invasive species Fire Rifts now have a chance to appear in all zones across Rift. Um, when you open these rifts, you have to uh, take out what are called Hellbugs, uh, and once you have done so, you have a chance of acquiring one of three different types of hell bug mounts uh, or companions. Um, no word yet on an end date for the event, uh, but it is uh, nice for even the uh, Rift Lite players because it's available to them as well. So you can you can open up or, or be present when one of these invasive species rifts is going on and uh, close up the rift and maybe get a, a mount or a companion. I like crossovers. I don't know if anybody remembers the old TV show The Critic. I do. It's animated starring John Lovitz. My yeah. favorite episodes of that are the crossovers I did with The Simpsons. Um, and what's actually one of my favorite Simpsons episodes is the one where the critic is on it. Um, I love crossovers. I love when Blizzard puts, like, a Diablo character item in WoW. I love the idea that Tryon took the Hellbugs from Defiance and added them as a Rift invasion in Rift. That's just, that's just fun. This game's not taking themselves too seriously. And no feedback. I I think we've got maybe one or two members playing Defiance. I I took a quick look at it myself, but I, I haven't... I haven't bitten the bullet quite yet. And I, I think I watched about 15 minutes of the show on, on Sci-Fi. I would have bought Defiance if I didn't contribute to Camelot Unchained. Um, I got you. That ate up my gaming budget for the quarter. And Defiance is working on, I guess, the Guild Wars 2 model where it's, you know, 50 or 60 bucks, whatever it is, up front. And then, you know, you'll get content over time, and then eventually they'll have... DLC tech packs that you'll have to, to download, like um, DC Universe Online. So I couldn't make that, that up front. Otherwise, I really do actually want to play Defiance. I like the idea of an MMO shooter that's not PvP like Planet Side. Gotcha. Future games. There's really only one game on the list this week. It's The Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, Bethesda just posted another Q&A on their site. This one's another grab bag ranging from combat mechanics to lore. Uh, for anybody who has played um, Morrowind's uh, Oblivion Skyrim, uh, they did note that the book the Lusty Argonian made will be in The Elder Scrolls Online. Um, I know that's a running joke within the community, so that's there. Do you guys read the books when you play, like, Skyrim or Oblivion? I didn't. No. no uh, but then again, I, I, I barely played those games, so you're oh. talking to the wrong guy here. I read, I read all the books when I come across them in-game, and 
over the years I've read several of them many times because they reuse them and then add a couple new ones every time. So I reuse those. I, I like that they're adding a lot of the, the open world elements of the actual Elder Scrolls into the MMO because when it first came out it looked a lot more linear than that. But it looks. This makes me want to replay the games just to read the books. I can't. If I install them, I will lose myself in them. I played Skyrim for 200 hours over the span of about four months. Um, Holy cow! Yeah, that was it was a serious problem. I have an apparently I have an addictive personality when it comes to video games. You know, I never would have guessed that, Tally. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, I, for one, am glad you do, because you provide us with so much good information. That's just because I'm sitting at my computer all day. Um, new feature to the podcast, new on the wiki. Uh, the wiki is constantly updated with all kinds of new and fancy things, and it's moving faster than most people can keep up with it. That's for uh, sure. So now we're going we're gonna to highlight a couple updates each podcast. For things that are new on the wiki, uh, do you want to run through them this week, Glass? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I recently added a high council page. Um, I'm not going to go into this. This is going to be real quick. So just, you know, I added a high council page. It's all about the high council. Um, I, know, I know Tundra and maybe a couple of others have actually been contributing to the new uh, Neverwinter branch page. Um, somebody came up with a great idea. I don't remember if it was Tallow or Tundra uh, of uh, the game jargon page that had a, a flurry of activity over the course of uh, just a couple of days. Uh, even uh, Amaltis weighed in and added, I don't know, about 100% more con- content to that page. Uh, I uh, tinkered around with a uh, kind of a companion to Talos um, prose timeline. I, I did sort of like a visual chart of the years and games or realms that we've been on. And uh, finally, uh, we have the beginnings of a Star Wars companion guide that was uh, started by Holly CNY, and I think Tundra added to the, the to that page as well. So if you're uh, awesome. if you're interested, yeah, check out the wiki. Uh, you know, get an account. All you got to do is um, you know send me an email or send me a PM on the forums, and uh, we'll get you squared away. And you can you can instead of just reading, you can contribute too. The the High Council page that last added is actually really cool. Um, well, thanks. It it lists. It doesn't have all of them. There's some gaps between 7 and 14. But it has most of the rest. It lists the people who were on the High Council for that year and um, the significant votes that happened in the High Council for that year. So you can kind of follow along, you know, the history of Nor, um, you know, from the first High Council up through, and then all of a sudden you've got, you know, Lord Avatar in there, and you find out that Roxy's been on the High Council since, like, 1995, um, off and on, obviously. Yeah, off and on. I would have lost my mind if it had been straight through. <laughs> You've been on pretty straight through since 2007. Yeah, it's been a long stretch mm-hmm. for you, Rox. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't lost your mind yet. Well. You've come close a couple times, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I will say that the High Council of today is nothing like the High Council of, say, the year 1999 or 2000. That's all I'm That's saying. True. Or even 2000. And I'm glad. Yeah. And I'm glad. Well, I mean, yeah. looking at the page that last put up, the High Council of 97 was 15 people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Lord Lord Abin has been on the High Council since 2000. Yes. Um, there's some gaps between 2000 and 2006, but it looks like um, Yavul has been on since 2006. Six or seven, yeah. It's, yeah, because he's listed under both 2006 and 2007, but it says freshman, October 7, 2007. On oh, that's, that was an error on my part. i got to okay. make sure I verify the dates. And the gaps are entirely my fault as well. I, I just haven't filled in well, there's lots missing of, information. Lots of documents to go through, so nobody's yeah, going to hold that against well, you. I'm sort of cobbling it together based on like high council meetings. and Yeah, it's, it's a very... I, mean, I think it's a very neat document. I have not seen it yet, um, but I'm curious to look at it. Did I, you did you include uh, Ziff on there? I'm just curious. I did on one of the earlier ones when he was on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he hasn't been active in the High Council since. Let's see. Was he active in WoW? No, I think that must have been like oh. 99 or something like that. It's the last time he was active. I can go look and see if he's on there. Yeah, he's on there for 97. Uh, 98 and 99 aren't in yet. Oh, all right. Okay. Yeah, there's there's some missing material not available to me that I'm you know, trying to work around. Right, I gotcha. Well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that page to be anywhere near complete for, for quite some time because it's just going to take a while to, to fill in all those gaps. And there's other information that I would like to add. At some point, I'd actually like to add a voting record for all of the members. So they voted on, like, each amendment and whatnot? Yeah, just, to, you know, if you have a set of, like, a series of, of what I would call, you know, if we have crucial or important votes, you know, things that aren't just readmittance and that kind of stuff, just the average votes, you know, we would ignore those. But, you know, for, for big votes, we could have, you know, who voted and how they voted. That would be great. Um, another page that last mentioned that I really like is the visual timeline. Um, the page name is Timeline Table. Uh, it basically starts in 1992 and goes through now and lists all the realms we're in and highlights all the years that that realm was active um, and it links to all their pages so you can kind of just see the progression of the guild over time, uh, which realms have been around, how long they were around. Like you can see, oddly enough, the realm um, ran from 96 to 2007, um, an absurd 11 years. Yeah. And, yeah, that's a fun game. Um, Dark Age of Camelot, my personal favorite, ran from 2001 to 2007. Um, And if you look at the Dark Age of Camelot page, I wrote most of that based off of roster documents and memory. um, And some help. Like, I had completely forgotten that in Dark Age of Camelot, we absorbed two other guilds. Um, as recruits all at once. The Shields of Hibernia joined uh, joined Nor. That goddess Kassara, who I believe made it to count at one point. Rallis, who was a duke. Lelenia, who was a, a baron. Ferrant and Elferant, Oakstar, Panchavia. These are all people that I saw for years and, um, for the most part, saw in other games at one point. Yeah, and by, you know, by the way, these, these are all very familiar names, I think, to yeah. really to everybody. I mean, we're talking about some pretty durable members here. I mean, these people didn't just join on a, on a, on a lark on DAOC and no. take off. No, and then um, we Did absorbed... you say adorable? Huh? Did you just call them adorable? 
Durable. durable. Oh, durable. I was durable. like, what? And then we absorbed the Silverhawks, um, who probably most famously for them is Vashile, who's been, well, up until this last week, he'd been a knight for a decade, um, kind of flying under the radar. But uh, Matthias came from there. He he was been an officer. There's, you know, I, I didn't remember any of that stuff. And then just digging through old documents, I found it all again. Um, so if you, you know, are a, a player on a former branch and you don't have a page yet, you know, sign up on the wiki and start writing and, you know, we'll fill in all these gaps and get Norse history completed. Yeah, I keep saying I'm going to do that, but I just not have not had the time. But I think, you know, if everyone does do it, then wow, you know, we will have a complete history. One that I mean, we have a pretty impressive volume yeah. of paper of, oh, of yeah. pages on the wiki already, and right. it's really just been a handful of members contributing quite a bit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that, but like, uh, you know, if everyone did it, man. Well, you could set a, a lovely example, Roxanne. <laughs> yes, I could, and I keep saying I'm going to do it. And then something keeps coming up. But I promise you, I will work on it. I promise. Because I want to get Roxanne's story on on the, the on a wiki page. Well, yeah, you, know? you got to at least do your own page. Yeah, of course. If of you course. don't have your page done by the end of the month, I'm doing it for you. And, okay, now. And, yeah. what, well, and what I write will have no semblance of fact. <laughs> no, no. Oh yeah. I'm gonna be traveling. Oh, uh, you got until the end of the month. Yeah. I mean, come on, my page. I'm is, not even gonna be home by the end of. I, the I have, I haven't, I haven't been in Nor as long as you are, but I think it took me all of half an hour to put up my page. That's because you're like, you know, you do that thing that you do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Com- complete the task to which I am assigned. Yes. Okay. Um, I believe you have an update on the roster for us, Les. Oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry. I was got. I was still in the wiki mode. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, real quick. We've got uh, most of the bugs. I think uh, banged out. Uh, most of the of the features are, are really kind of working the way uh, they were intended to, if not quite so well or quite so lovely as I would like. Um, but from this point on, I'm going to start making some some changes to the UI and just cosmetic changes to make it a little bit more user friendly. In addition to uh, creating a few walkthrough videos for members who want to, or for the officers who are admins, showing them kind of step by step how to do what, uh, and also kind of set up a set of standards for people to try to adhere to when making entries, particularly in histories. Um, we have uh, 620 entries in the roster right now. Uh, and we have a uh, repository of all of the current available and historical rosters now on Dropbox. And I think what we're going to begin doing with my volunteers, of which Roxanne is one, going member by member, uh, one at a time, each of us sticking an assigned member and uh, making the correct, uh, making corrections, uh, making additions, and uh, filling out the sort of the skeletal framework that we have of the roster right now and, and filling in all the the information that we need to for each of the members. Fun. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. The syndicate may claim they're the oldest living guild in existence, but I bet their records aren't as good as ours. Well, our records and aren't besides that, that, that great right now. <laughs> We're well, working, 
but we will have really good records because we've been here since 1992. We do have quite a volume of records. I was actually surprised at the number of, of rosters that we have and the amount of information on them. Yeah. Fair enough. Now, you mentioned the syndicates. I'm going to say, first off, mm-hmm. this is not a commentary on our website. I really like their website. Um, the what? Art, I really like Syndicate's website. I know you hate on them because they currently have the title that we deserve, and you know what, I totally agree with you or whatever, but they're not a bad guild. They're not evil. So, you know... That remark was evil. You don't have to hate on them just because... They have you're our title. On them. You, you're yeah. hating on them. So, <laughs> I'm not really hating on them. I, it's just frustration. That's what it is. Oh, I understand. I understand. I mean, they have the title that is is rightfully ours, but you know. Well, and who cares? It's just a Guinness record. Hey, I didn't need all those ping pong balls at once for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in the Guinness Book for that. Please don't look that up. Well, I, I hope we, uh-huh. can, we can we can pull off this record. That would be a nice. Uh... It would a nice feather in our caps. Yes, yeah. yeah. it would make you know because we. It's not like we don't say that everywhere when we post like a recruiting thing on you know a game form. It's not like we right. don't mention that. So it would be nice to have that backing at least. So it's true. It's true. That would be. I mean, nice. we all know it's true. At least we do as members. We know it's true. Whether or not we yeah, right. it or not, it's another matter. I mean, Roxy's been in Norse since before the Syndicate was around. So have you, for that matter. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. All right. Well, and and let me just say about the trademark for the guild's names and assets and all that. Please, people, let's get in there and donate um, to uh, to the guild uh, PayPal. So we can lock that down because, you know, within the next couple of years, there's going to be a resolution to the um, title of oldest, oldest running guild in Guinness. So just keep that in mind. We need to lock it down now. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to want to do that, I think. If we get close to securing that record, we're going to want to have all of our ducks in a row before that happens. Absolutely. Put a ring on it. Before we jump into any more news, I wanted to just bring this up. Um, I am going to be traveling to the Boston, Massachusetts area to visit with Lass um, and Stale and hopefully a few other guild members. So if you're in that area and would like to um, do something with us while I'm there, uh, please send me a, a PM or an email, or you can send last one and uh, let us know. The date that we've got scheduled is Saturday, May the 18th. I'm not sure what we're doing yet, but we're working on it. I think we're going upstate, right? Yeah, that's what that's what Kai had had mentioned. Yeah, to upstate New York. Yeah, is that where we're going? Okay. So, so what you're saying is nor microbash on yeah. Saturday, May 18th. Yep, that's right. North of Boston. Boston. I can't wait. Isn't north of Boston like Canada? Well, west of west of Boston. Okay. I think we should get t-shirts. <laughs> right. 
You better get bitten then, Ross. <laughs> okay. That being right. Yep, and we are actually winding down this week. No big, big, big discussion. We just had too much news to go over this week. Um, Realm Events, DDO, Star Wars Rift, Guild Wars 2, they've all got stuff on the calendar. Um, you can subscribe to the calendar like any other Google calendar. Get it on your phone, tablet, iPod, whatever device you've got, you can get the calendar. Um, it's kind of weird when I look at my smartphone. All I see is like my wife's doctor's appointments and um, guild events. So it's weird. It's like, you know, my calendar. Awesome. My calendar last month said go to the hospital and have a baby, and then it said, you know, never or Guild Wars Two WVW events. Like, <laughs> Man, which one should I go to? So do that. Uh, the glue for Neverwinter is this next weekend, the tenth to the twelfth. It's free. Um, it's free. I haven't seen any reason to give them money yet. So their implementation of free-to-play doesn't seem to be that exploitative yet. Um, the only thing I've seen that you'd want to spend money on is keys to unlock their... I forget what they're called. Their purple epic um, chest drops, where you can get like epic gear and stuff out of. But I haven't seen any reason why I would have to give them any money. So if you like free and you want to keep it free and you don't want to be exploited, um, Neverwinter looks like a very good option for that. Uh, squarings and promotions. I mentioned it earlier, but we have our first promotion for Neverwinter as uh, Vashile, who had been some rank of knight uh, yes. for the better part Forever. of a, for the better part of a decade, um, and he's been active for most of that time. Has finally, finally bitten the bullet, and is going up to Baron for Neverwinter. Hooray! Well, congratulations again, Vash. Does, yeah, that mean, does, that, does that mean I report to Vashile? I suppose it does. I'm not sure if I'm okay with that. Uh-huh. Um, that's the only one I saw. Uh, I saw that one in the High Council meeting. I didn't see any other squirings or promotions on the forum since our last episode. Uh, there's one that's nagging me, and I'm not remembering it. Sorry. Uh, there are a couple of birthdays. Ryland is turning 38, and Lakasha is turning 41. <sighs> yes. <laughs> And right, you got to explain that, or Lakash is going to think I'm laughing at her. Roxy did not want me to say how old Lakasha is turning, because you're not supposed to say how old a woman is. That's right. You never reveal a, a lady's age. My, Except that it's on the forums. My, yes, it's on the forum, and my justification for listing it is, in your profile on the forum, you can set your birthday. The year is not mandatory. There are members who set their day and month, but not the year. So when their birthday's coming up, it says their birthday's coming up, but it doesn't say how old they are. Lakasha set the year, so the forum says how old she is, so I think I'm okay to say it. I think so, too. Um, You're like a robot. And I was not laughing at you. I was laughing at that disgusted sigh that Roxanne gave us on the podcast. Now, if I remember correctly, Lakasha is definitely one of the people that listens to the podcast, so... Oh, good. How you doing, Lakasha? If she's not okay with what just went down... um, Somebody's going to pay. Let us know in the feedback. Yeah. (laughs) Curse Tallow out. Or send hate mail to Tallow and Laz. Yes, direct your hate mail. (laughs) At NORHC at New Outlook. There you go. That's the one. And after all this, Lakasha, I hope you have a wonderful birthday. Yes, to Lakasha and Ryland both. And Ryland as well. And Ryland. Sorry, Ryland. Happy birthday to you. And he's another player I saw in Neverwinter today. Oh, really? Cool. 
Because um, you can't join guild chat when you're in the foundry, but you can join the chat channels. Yeah. Tundra set up the Nor channel, oh. so I'm in the Nor channel while I'm in the foundry. Yeah, I think we should set up like a foundry channel. Really? I just like, being, I like being in the Nor channel. Is that all right? Okay, that's fine with so. me too. Because I like to talk to the people who are in-game. That's true. You never talk to me. You're never in-game. I never oh. talk to you. Oh my god, I've been in game all weekend. If you were in game all weekend, if you were in game all weekend, you'd be higher than level twelve. Not necessarily. <laughs> all right. I'm just saying. And then remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or, or via the RSS feed in any other podcast manager. Um, and you can leave feedback for us on the forum or on iTunes. Please do. Um, we like feedback, um, suggestions, all that kind of stuff. So have we gotten much? Have we gotten much feedback? I, ha- I have to admit, I have not looked. Not a lot. Um, most of the feedback we got on episode eleven was people trying to guess where the title came from. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. And nobody even bothered on episode twelve. <laughs> Oops. I have. I haven't worked out a title for episode thirteen yet. Um, episode 12 was also a Star Wars movie. I've got a title. What's that? Lucky Episode 13. I, I think the title, title should be Lakasha is 41. <gasps> no! Oh, <man>. <laughs> no! I object. Lakasha is 29. There you go. Alright, that's it for me this week. Do you guys have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Not me. I think we covered it. Well, I would like to say a special thanks to Squirtle because he did help me on Friday, so I appreciate that. And I love all of my Norbies. That's all I have. All right. If you're interested in the Nor Micro Bash up around Boston on the 18th, email Roxy. Yeah, email me. Send her a private message, or maybe she'll post something on the forum like a normal person would. That's a good idea. Well, i got to get the details. Okay, then. Okay. All right, everybody give me a Hail Nor and we will sign off. Hail Nor. Hail Nor. Hail Nor.